Hello, everybody. This is Travis Knight. I am the Associate Artistic Director and a member of the Ensemble at A Red Orchid Theater in Chicago. Now, before we get to this episode, I wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to our development sponsor, John Sapira, our production sponsors, Barbara and Randy Thomas, and our beverage sponsor, Revolution Brewing. Also, thanks for the use of our theme song, I Already Do, written and performed by A Red Orchid ensemble member, Steve Haggard, who is currently playing Harry Potter on Broadway. So, alohomora to him. Now, this episode of Talking Tech Revolution is a conversation with Revolution props designer Julia Alvarez. Julia has worked in the art department in the Chicagoland area on a variety of film and television projects. She is also a multi-hyphenate artist working as a musician and actor at theaters in the Twin Cities, Boston, and now, luckily, Chicago. I hope you enjoy our chat. Have a great day. You ready? You ready to party? I'm ready to party. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do this to this. Hi, Julia. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are yeah. you? Oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. We did a little taste of red last night. I got to see you there. Thanks for being there. Thanks for helping yeah, out. Red it was Oregon. fun. It was nice. So what did you do on Revolution, Julia? Let's just jump right into this, huh? Yes. I was the props designer for Revolution. Hell yeah, you were. You're an amazing props designer for Revolution. <laughs> now, okay, so here's the thing. This was your first time doing props work for a play? Yes, it was. Very first time. Your very first time. And I think you knocked it out of the park. Tell us like where you came from, what you were doing before this. You primarily worked in film, right? Doing props for film? Yeah, on camera. So I kind of bopped around the film world. So I've done all different types of things. I guess most recently within like the on-camera world, I was working on commercial and corporate projects in the art department, doing a variety of different things. So sometimes on a few independent projects for narrative shorts, I was the art director, which means a lot of things. (laughs) And then... It sounds very official. Yeah. And then when you get on bigger projects, I was I was working in props and I also did set deck. So it's more of a very specific job. <laughs> what would the difference be between prepping props for film or in the art department and then for theater? Yeah, there is definitely a difference. It was a learning curve for me, for sure. So I'm just grateful that everybody was so kind because I was a, I was very scared. But everybody made it very pleasant and nice and an easier transition, I think, than I was expecting. But yeah, it's a different way of thinking. So uh, typically for a lot of on-camera projects, you don't have a lot of time for prep. You're really only paid for like maybe two to three days prep. And that's usually if you're a department head. So sometimes when I get pulled in on projects, I have like one day of prep. And that also includes wrap days and also just the timing is shorter. So what you're pulling and what you build is just really dependent on what the project is. And it's just a, I would say the pace is just a lot faster. So it was getting used to like, oh yes, when I pull these props for this theater show, it has to last a long time. A very long time. Cause we have like really long runs. Yeah. Yeah. And it got extended. So whoop, whoop. Sure did. Yeah. So, you know, I realize now we're like jumping in and talking about props. If there were somebody listening right now who is not familiar with theater, who somehow found their way to this recording, what are props? Props designer, Julia. (laughs) 
A prop is an item that an actor uses on stage to facilitate storytelling. Bam. That's great. <laughs> you are you are not just a props designer, right? You are a multi-hyphenate. What else do you do? You're an actor. What else? Yes. Uh, I do do a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe sometimes too much. I'm not a stranger to theater, but I've previously been an actor as well as a musician. I've performed in pit orchestras. I've composed music for straight plays. I've been a fight choreographer. I've also been a house manager. <laughs> I've done a lot of assorted things <laughs> in theater. Hold up. I didn't know any of that. Okay, so this is all. I knew you were an actor. Say more about being a pit musician. What instrument do you play? I play violin. You play violin? I play the violin. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and you've composed music? I did, yeah. Dang, Julia. That's impressive. It was fun. The multi-hyphenate. Yeah, I had a really fun time. There was like the shows I composed for were in Boston and they were all straight plays. So they were not musicals. And it was just a trend that happened for a while there. <laughs> that's cool. It was a cool trend. Okay, so then what leads you to props then? Definitely the on-camera work. So I started working in on-camera and I became an assistant director, which is a very technical job. Um, it's mainly scheduling things. And it's also very stressful. And uh, I was kind of feeling the stress and I just wasn't sure I could do it long term. And a producer I worked with at Second City, she um, suggested that, you know, she had a position open in the art department and she was wondering if I might consider doing that on a project. And I did and I loved it. And then it just sort of took off from there. And I think also as an actor working with props and building props for our other actors, it's fun because it involves a lot of character psychology. And I think that training helps me do that job and makes it fun for me <laughs> to create things. So that's a really interesting way to look at that. Like as an actor, you can very easily put yourself in their position as you're making a prop or developing a prop and being like, how would I use this? Because there is nothing worse as an actor to have a prop where you're like, I'm terrified of using this prop every night because I don't know what it's going to do. I might break it. What happens if I drop it? What happens if it's not there? Things like that can take you out of the play and out of the scene. So to have somebody who knows what it's like to be up there on stage in front of people having to handle the props. That's pretty clutch. Yeah, it definitely it definitely helps me. And there's a lot about manufacturing props that I have yet to learn and that I'm in the process of learning. And I work with some really great art directors here in town who teach me a lot. And I learn more and more every day about how to make sets safer for people, how to build better props. And there's a whole department of special effects props that really focus on that as well. Just really making sure that artists feel safe. That's a whole other lane that you can get into. That's really cool. That is cool. What do you think about as a props designer as you read a script like Revolution? Like, what are you looking for? I, I read it several times. So the first time I read it, I tried to just read it for the story. I tried to just read it and not take any notes, not do any breakdowns or anything like that. I really just tried to understand do I get what the story is? Do I get what the world is? Do I understand what's going on? <laughs> and if I do, then I'm like, cool, let me read this again. And then I start doing a breakdown. What it, It's basically what that means is just highlighting wherever there's obvious props and then starting to compile a list of questions. Probably read it like three or four times doing from a breakdown perspective. And I put all that in my notes. And yeah, Movie Magic is a very old software um, that has a lot of issues, but I used it primarily when I was doing breakdowns as an assistant director. And then 
just because I got used to it. I started using it as well for props and it's it's not very user-friendly. So if there's another software out there that's better, <laughs> I am all ears. But that's what I use just to make sure I don't lose anything. What were some of your first impressions of Revolution when you read it? My first impression of Revolution when I read it was, wow, this is weird, but in a very fun and exciting way. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, it just gave me a lot of hope and it made me feel, I just immediately felt like it was something I wanted to work on because it felt, I felt the friendship and the relationships were very strong. And I enjoyed just hearing how they developed throughout the course of the writing. And then especially when I got to hear the actors say it out loud over the Zoom reading. I mean, Zoom sometimes can be a little not exciting, but even through the Zoom, I was able to hear the voices and the characters so distinctly. And I was laughing and I was like, okay, this thing is going to be pretty cool if even over a Zoom, I'm laughing and having a good time. The things that I, I think people don't realize when they come and see a play, especially after it's opened and they're not watching it during previews, is that the first week of previews, the show that you see in that first week of previews is not the show that you see at opening. We change so much stuff. We swing really big on mm -hmm. tech ideas a lot of the time, but also sometimes acting choices. Do you remember some of our initial conversations around the box that the ladies bring on? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was a little scared. <laughs> I know. We initially, one of the initial ideas we had was that the box that Jane Taylor Blim brings out on stage with all of like the goods from Linden Liquors, it's like a, a bag of holding for the D&D &D folks out there where we were thinking about having a smaller box. And then every time she would reach in, she would just pull out these impossible items that were like, how did, how is she taking that out of there? There's so much stuff in that tiny box. And when I pitched that idea, idea to you. You had an immediate idea as to how we could solve that problem. Do you want to talk about that? And like, what is what is it like when a director says things to you that feel impossible? Well, it happens a lot. So it's just, it's, it's part of the job. If you get into the art department at all, or props, director is going to say something to you. You're just going to have to do it. Sometimes though, that that can be the most exciting part of the job because you have to figure things out on your feet, especially if you're doing on-camera work, you don't have any time. So it's really just down to your kit, what you brought with you, the people you have on your team. For this project, it's nice because there was a little bit more time. So <laughs> I think a lot of ideas were thrown at me and I did have that panic moment, but then also a sense of relief. I'm like, oh, I have a day or two to figure this out. But yeah, in that initial pitch meeting, when you pitch the idea of impossible things coming out, it was an exciting idea. I've actually, there's a great magic shop in town called Magic Inc. The guys who work there are really wonderful. And a magic trick that's been used a lot, especially in theaters, if you have a false bottom and you have a larger box on, on the bottom. So I was thinking... If it's attached to the wall or a dumpster, you can actually pull that off pretty easily if you by using a false bottom. So that was the initial idea that I pitched to you. And then there was this idea of fog and lights. And I was like, well, yes, if we can put it in the wall. <laughs> right. Fog and light. There was going to be some fog. There were going to be some lights. Mm -hmm. We initially had this idea that that box was going to be a cauldron. 
and we were going to try to make it as magic and weird as possible. Yeah. And I will say that in our initial chat, the fact that you came in already with props design ideas. And when I threw out that wild, I want it to glow and I want to pull impossible things out of it, that you immediately were like, okay, well, what if I talk to these magic shop guys who I know and we do this, that, and the other thing? And I was like, well, okay, I think this is going to be a solid collaboration. Yeah. I mean, I, I was excited by the ideas. I think it's fun. I've worked with a few directors and they like to start big. And then eventually we get to a point where, you know, the break in reality and fantasy and workability it's like a it's a perfect formula that we always figure our way out to but i enjoy working with directors like you where we start big so that we can get to the idea that works best right because i mean that how else are you going to know if something works like i feel like the more stuff you can throw at the wall the more outlandish and impossible your ideas are the more you can refine that or you can find the nuggets in there that actually make sense mm -hmm. or like oh that actually gives me this idea to do this thing you know, let's see how it works out. So we have a set designer and Katrina Hilko was our amazing set designer. Yay. But one of the things that people don't realize is like some of that set dressing, the weeds, the garbage, stuff like that. The, the weeds. weeds. <laughs> some of that stuff. That's you. That falls under your department, right? That was, that was new to me as a director, I will admit. You know, from being an actor, I've I don't really know. I just like, oh, that's cool. Look at those weeds. They showed up today. That's neat. <laughs> People don't realize that props designers work really closely with scenic designers and to a certain degree, lighting designers as well, because you're building what that whole world looks like. Can you talk a little bit about scenic dressing or set set dressing? Yeah, for sure. I think on larger projects, the jobs are a little bit more defined. And I don't know that a prop master typically would work on set dressing if it were a very large project. That's usually, there's a wonderful job called set deck, at least for on-camera work. And that's definitely their domain, their world. They build the backdrop on top of the set construction that is created by a, a production designer. But, you know, when we're working in theater and the name of the game is collaboration, which I love and collaborating with Katrina was amazing. She's a wonderful human and I very much enjoy making weeds with her. You know, I get to do these fun stuff. I really enjoy set deck. And I think even on camera work, your set decorator and your props master work really closely together because there's so much overlap. I think the strict definition is if the object is handled or put in an actor's mouth, then it becomes a prop. But a lot of items that are brought in from the set deck, the actor is it's fair game for them to use and they might touch it. And then it's like, is that a prop now? So you always have to collaborate. It's really important. And so I was very happy to work on the scenic elements of it because especially for this show, the two are, there's so much overlap and they're so closely tied to each other that it's impossible to say, well, this rock is a prop and this rock isn't a prop. You know, it's not doable. So it's really important that working with a scenic designer that we get along, that we're able to have easy conversations and come up with ideas together. And it was really easy to work with Katrina. We just had fun doing it. And the making the weeds was pretty fun. <laughs> I got my hat glue gun out there. We also worked very closely with Tom, who is our technical director. And he is also the painter on this. And he's He's just a lovely human. He was so helpful to me. You know, if I ever had a question, he was always like down to help me. He he did a lot of like 
basically all the the actual build work and wonderful painting. And then I got the fun job of just coming in and doing like detail work, which is what I love to do. Um, so I think in that way, we made like a good team together. It was a solid team. Y'all were great. What, what inspires you as an artist? That's a big, that's kind of a big question, but like, what do you, I'm reading Rick Rubin's new book right now on creativity, very much like the artist's way, if you've ever done that. There's just a bunch of like short essays on tuning into one's artistry and creativity. I guess with that kind of preface, are there certain things that inspire you? Like, are there things that you look to, the things that you seek out, certain art, certain music, certain sounds, certain things that you seek to inspire your artistry? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, for me, it's definitely a revolving sort of experience of what inspires me. And I think that's good because as artists, we should grow and we should experience new things. Recently, I got the opportunity to travel and just being able to get out of my routine here in Chicago and be in a totally different space and having to just figure things out not on automatic is always a great way of like resetting my brain and feeling a lot more inspired. And when I come back home, it's it's a way to look at where I live in my home and from a new perspective. So I definitely enjoy traveling. That's always an inspiration to me. And I enjoy finding new artists when I travel, but also within the city, there's always there's always something new popping up. So I enjoy going to concerts and galleries and especially like a lot of student work. And there's a gallery, well, it's a studio space in, in Logan Square and they have like open Fridays. And I always enjoy just seeing what people are up to because there's so much going on right here. And I think it's very easy to just go to the big galleries that are marketed well. But where I get inspiration from is people's work process and I enjoy seeing people work and inspires me. And, oh, yes, I'm also capable of this. And also maybe we can collaborate. Maybe we can work together. So probably where I get the most inspiration. So my last question for you is, what's next, Julia Alvarez? What do you got? What's on your docket? What are you working on next? What's happening? Uh, well, I'd love to continue working with Red Orchid because I really love this theater a lot. I've I've come to love a lot of the people. So hopefully that's in my future. I also have like personal projects. I'm in, involved in a lab. So hopefully I'll get my own film project off the ground in November. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Your own? Like you wrote something? I did. Look at that. Multi-hyphen. <laughs> that's amazing. It's a comedy. <laughs> I Okay. Well, you got to keep me posted on that. November? Yeah. You're going to try to get it off the ground? Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll film it in November. Just in time. And it's outdoors too. So just in time for the cold. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> it's going to be awesome for everybody. Well, that is exciting. Hey, Julia, thank you so much. Thank you. For being you and for coming in and working on Revolution. You were, we had such an incredible team of people and I'm so proud of it. And we were so lucky to have you in the room doing that thing. You brought such joy with you to the work and such detail. It was awesome. It was really great to just know that like we could ask for some kind of weird or wild prop and know that it was going to be in the room in a couple of days and <laughs> brought to us with such thought and care and consideration. It was a relief to be able to know that we were in good prop hands. So thank you, Julia. Of course. Thank you for bringing me on and trusting me it's it's a hard thing to put your trust in somebody, especially if it's their first project. So I just appreciate 
the warmth in which I was welcomed into the room and how readily you all accepted me. It was fun to collaborate with everyone. So thank you. It was. Thank you. Let's do it again sometime. Let's do it. (laughs) Have a great day, Julia. You too, Travis. 